Welcome to Bite-Sized Agency Briefs, a webinar series that packs a ton of important agency information on one topic from one expert into a 25-minute brief. Why 25 minutes? Because who has the attention span for much more these days? And you can squeeze in a listen between meetings with time for a bathroom break or coffee refill before your next meeting. Thanks for tuning in. This is Bite Sized Agency Briefs. I'm your host, Steve Guberman from Agency Outside, where I coach agency owners to build the agency of their dreams. Today, I get to speak with Ben Gutman, a marketing communications expert uh, and now a new author, former agency owner. Uh, his book just is should be coming out as this is dropping called Simply Put, Why Clear Messages Win and How to Design Them. Uh, ben, thanks for joining me. How are you? Thanks for having me, Steve. Yeah. So uh, before we get into the book, let's talk agency stuff. Yeah. Um, talk, talk a little bit about your agency. You ran it for a decade. You had an exit through, I guess, an acquisition. Um, mm-hmm. What was that whole journey and trajectory like? Oh, man, it was a lot of fun. Uh, mm-hmm. So I ran a marketing agency along with a couple of buddies called Digital Natives Group. Mm-hmm. Uh, we started in 2011 in an old professor's basement. I was, uh, you know, he basically... He was an adjunct. He ran a marketing agency, came up to me and said, hey, I know you kind of want to start something. Maybe we can figure something out. And we set up shop in his basement up in Westchester, slapped their logo on the wall. And we worked our way up from like the local ice cream shop and the local camera shop to eventually, you know, by the end of it, worked at the NFL and Comcast and I Love New York and a bunch of other really great brands. Uh, And it was it was a ton of fun. It was a ton of fun. And then so. You know, over the years, we eventually moved to our office in Long Island City, a little studio we had in this funky old industrial building, hired our Mm -hmm. first employees, hired more employees, moved to a bigger office, uh, got more clients. And uh, about 10 years in, you know, we decided that it was it was the time to, you know, begin to explore what the next phase would be. Uh, And we went out and, um, you know, we're very fortunate to find uh, a couple acquisition partners, we actually split it up into two pieces. Um, one went to another agency and one went to um, like a private equity firm that was rolling up a few small agencies. What and, was the division? Like, yeah, so which, which exactly. Went where? So we, we had, we were a full service digital marketing agency. So we did design development stuff like websites, mobile apps, kiosks, those type of things. Mm-hmm. And then we also did um, social media, branding, email, advertising, all those different things. If I were starting again, I, I wouldn't do everything that we did sure. together. But I mean, we were 22, 23 when we started and we basically were figuring out how to put a book of business together and with no Rolodex and with no uh, real experience. So we did what we could and we had a diverse set of skills and we put a team together that could do all those different types of things. Uh, but when we go out to market and say, hey, who wants to buy digital natives group? Uh, not many people want everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, what we what we found when we went out to market the first time, because then COVID hit, and we put a pause on it, was we got a colder reception to saying, "Here's the whole business. Go, you know, here's all the team, here's all the senior executives, here's all the different types of clients." Um, that was just a harder fit for a buyer to say, "Okay, I know where that fits in in my business." Mm-hmm. And so after we it took a pause because of the pandemic. We ended up um, basically doing like a reorg and we said, okay, let's build out two separate P&Ls, two separate org charts and say, design development business is here. 
digital marketing is over here and you know we're selling them kind of as like separate offerings and we mm -hmm. had a lot more interest because of that and yeah. a lot of people say hey you know what i i need a website team or i need a you know social media team they know how that fits into their company i would also think there's more areas for complement when i'm just bolting on a digital marketing team to my already branding agency or something along those lines so not sure where they ended up fitting but yeah i feel like there's more opportunities for those puzzle pieces if you got you know you know looser um scopes of service that you're offering yeah um, of how, how big were you guys when you sold we were about 20 folks uh we had um we had you know it's a hybrid teams we have people local we have people remote mm -hmm. uh and what ended up happening was most of the team ended up going with the social media side the design development side was a little bit more of a kind of a book of business type sale and, and with consulting work kind of uh, uh, as part of the transition. Okay. Um, how many partners did you have? I had, uh, so there were four owners of the agency. So it ends up, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have, I love all those guys. I wouldn't do that again. Yeah. Uh, it was, it was a lot. It's just, it's what you needed when we were basically kids starting out is what we needed to do. We needed each other. We needed each other's expertise and, and, and kind of moral support. Um, but part of what happens, you know, as you get older, more experience with stuff is that you realize, okay, well, that's also a bunch of mouths you have to feed. And so we, yeah. we had div division of labor and, and, you know, different areas of expert of, of control and ownership and all those different things. But, um, you know, it, it's, that, that was always a challenge. Yeah. Did any of you four go with either parts of the business or did you all disconnect fully? Yeah. So, so one of my partners was, um, was very interested in continuing. And it was, everything was copacetic, by the way, right? Sure. This is, are we had our most profitable year ever? All of us got along. We had great clients. We had great employees. It just felt like after 10 years, you kind of want to move on a little bit sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, especially when it's that early in your career is the first chapter of it. Uh, the, so one of my, one of my partners wanted to go along with it and he, he did, he went along with the social media side. Um, one of my other partners worked a little bit longer on the design development side as part of the consulting stuff, but he, he's, he's since kind of um, faded out from that piece and, and done his own stuff now. But the, the thing that happens when you, when you do an acquisition is it's all, it's always a bumpy road. It's mm -hmm. always, um, it's just a kick in the butt for clients to say, Hey, you know what? I've been with these guys for four or five years. They're really great, but maybe I sign for an RFP and see what, mm -hmm. you know, what else there is. It's the time for employees to kind of refresh their LinkedIn and say, Hey, maybe I'll, maybe I'll send out a couple of feelers to people. Um, and, and everybody, everybody in the business knows that, right? Everybody on, you know, who's a business broker is a buyer. So, um, so, you know, there ends up being some, um, you know, it's no, it's never as smooth as a transition as you can do as you, as you hope rather. Mm -hmm. But what we were happy about and what we did was every employee had a job and every client had a home. Nobody got the boot from anything. And that was really important for us. Yeah, that's super valuable. And, and yeah, what you kind of transcribe on paper of, you know, uh, projected revenue team structure, that transition is rocky at best. Oh, yeah. and, and not because of bad blood typically, but just because like you said, it opens the door for, is this what I really want? Is there other things out? Are there other things out there that I can explore? So, exactly. um, and you're fully hands off now after transition. Yeah, every now and then I, I help on a couple of consulting projects. I, I'm on good terms with everybody, you know, obviously. But um, 
Yeah, what you're saying though, one thing, one motto we used to have when we were doing our agency was we like to say we play jazz with our work, which is we don't always know what the song's going to be like, but we know our instruments, we know how to work with each other, we know how to get there, and so you figure it out as you go because you know it's to mix metaphors, it's like that Mike Tyson quote, which is everybody has a plan until they punch you in the face, you know, yeah. and like. That's what always happens in any market. I like the jazz one better. It's a little more eloquent yeah. than, you know, Mike Tyson punching in the face. Yeah, but yeah I get it. Uh, yeah. So that's that's what it comes down to with the transition, too, is you have to play jazz. You have to say, okay, you're hiring good people. You're getting good connections. And hopefully that'll be worth it um, for everybody involved. Yeah. No, I love it. I mean, my my experience was similar. We were at a decade and it was like, all right, I'm you know, ready to do something different. Um are you able to share kind of what your trajectory was as far as like, you know, I get a lot of agencies that reach out to me and they're like, here's where I'm at. I want to sell. I want to be there in three to five years. What numbers do I need to be at as far as MMR, you know, uh, MRR and profitability and, you know, you know, team usability and things like that. Any of those metrics that kind of come to mind that you might want to share? Yeah. I mean, I can't, I can't really share, um, you know, all the numbers, but I, I will say, you know, people buy businesses for a lot of different reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them is because they want to get more revenue and more profitability uh, based off of their revenue. Uh, and they say, hey, you know, we can consolidate back office and, it's, you know, more efficiency, yada, yada. Uh, one of them is they want to develop a new capability because they say, hey, if I do have social media on my team now, all of a sudden, as a PR agency, I can go out and charge double because I can yeah. have my PR retainer and I can have my social media retainer. That's one thing. Um People might want a foothold into some version of what your clients are. If it's an industry, if it is a specific client, if it is a geographic area, um, you know, if it's if it's a type of you know relationship you have with people, mm-hmm. um, and that that was that was appealing for one of our suitors in particular was to say, hey, we had we we were kind of like a New York hometown team a little bit. We worked at I Love New York and Empire State Building and Grand Central Terminal and like all these really cool brands. Uh, and we had an agency out in California that was saying, hey, we want to establish a New York office. We want to get a team here. We want to get mm-hmm. our foothold. And that was really appealing to them. So because it's, you know, it, it, it's such, it's like, why does somebody get married, right? Like, it's like, there's always a million different reasons. Um, and I think that's that's ultimately what, um, you know, it has, it has to be that kind of like magic fit with somebody. It's not like you had a number and yeah. all of a sudden you've, you know, people are knocking down your door for stuff. It's, uh, it is, it's a professional services business, right? There's not a lot of, you're not selling a, you know, patents and a warehouse and, and, uh, you know, a pizza oven or you know, yeah. 10,000 shirts in your, in your store or whatever you're selling like relationships and a brand and those type of things. And so everything you can do to build up the brand and build up that, that um, uh, build up those pieces that people might want, that's going to be helpful. Yeah. Did you guys have any specific IP that you had built and owned that was added value? Um, we, we had our, we had a relatively well-known brand in our market and a couple of different niches for ourselves. Um, we did a lot of work in publishing and we did a lot of work in tourism. And so mm-hmm. those, those areas, we had a pretty extensive network. People would know us and do stuff. We did have a few different side projects over the year we did that, that didn't, that, that didn't transfer. It wasn't yeah. anything particularly worthwhile. Um, but it, it, we just said, okay, well, cause we, we went out twice. We said the first time we're going out selling, we're going to, you know, we hired a broker, went out pandemic hits, puts everything kind of on the yeah. you know back burner. 
Um, but we, because of the feedback we got there, we said, okay, let's double down and say, let's focus, let's get some of the revenue numbers as high as we can in the next period. Let's, you know, get, make sure our website's all, you know, looks all great. Make sure mm -hmm. that, you know, we have um, more blog posts up, just all like do a bunch of the little things better. And eventually it starts to add up into a more attractive offer the second time we go out. Yeah, no, I love it. Uh, and so you're also a professor at, at Baroque College teaching marketing, branding, digital marketing. Oh, yeah. Were you doing that while you were running the agency also? Yeah, I, that is one of my favorite things. So I teach uh, as an adjunct in the marketing department uh, at Baruch College, which is part of CUNY, the City University of New York. Um, my ninth semester, no, sorry, my, my tenth year, so my 19th semester starts uh, in, as we're speaking, in three days. Wow. So it's kind of crazy how fast that has gone. Um, I love it. It is the best thing that I do. Um, I call it mm -hmm. my favorite hobby because you don't get paid <laughs> that much yeah. teaching at CUNY. Yep. Uh, but yes, I did that as um, as, as a part-time uh, educator for uh, a good chunk of the overlap. And I'll say for anybody, because I know this, you know, we're talking to a lot of agency folks here. If you're ever thinking about doing it, uh, go do it. Yep. Go do it. It's, it's a really wonderful experience. Uh, selflessly in terms of being able to teach and share this stuff with people. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I learn a lot from them and, and it's been, uh, I know that's just a cliche thing to say, but I really do. Um, I, I really do like enjoy the relationships I've built with, with these students, especially as now it's been seven, eight, nine years for a lot of them that they come back and they email me and they ask for advice or I, I you know, I've all, I've been able to refer work to them. Some people have started agencies. That's been really great. Yeah. Um, and then it's also self, you know, um, selfishly something that's beneficial too, because in an agency, a lot of times, especially if you're doing business development, it, it looks impressive. You know, you tell, you tell a client that, Hey, this is, I, I went over this subject in my class last night mm -hmm. and people go, Oh, you're, you're, you're the, you know, the expert now. <laughs> Uh, and then it's something where you you have this added resource of you tell the client, oh, hey, if you need an intern, send me a description and I'll share it with my students. It's a win-win for everybody. Yeah. Um, plus, you know, I get access to all these like academic databases and, and great stuff, which which help do better work. It, it helps researching my book. Um, and so I I really enjoy it. I'm going to keep doing it until they until the, they kick me out. Yeah. I. I have a few friends who also teach marketing, branding, design, packaging, et cetera. Uh, they definitely don't do it for the paycheck, but I've also, you know, it's been described. It's extremely fulfilling. Uh, you get to have an impact in, on the start of the trajectory of these, you know, young creative minds and, and ambition, ambitious minds. Um, you get a, you know, first pick at the talent pool to help, you know, Hey, you're the best kid in the class. Can, can you come work for me? Kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, I think there's a lot of value to it, but not for the paycheck, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, but you're in a pitch meeting. You're like, yeah, not only am I a professor, I also wrote the book on it. So what was the path that led up to putting a book together? Oh, yeah. So I mentioned a little bit before that we did work in publishing. And mm -hmm. uh, that, it, you know, especially when we're young and just kind of starting out, I mentioned we 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 didn't have the optimal structure because of how we started. <laughs> Uh, we, we fall into different specialties. We worked on one book that did really, really well. And then that guy refers us and that publisher refers us and that agent refers us. And all, all of a sudden, about a third of our business was in publishing. And so because of that, 
um, I, I knew it was accessible I, as a thing. It wasn't like a, it's it, it, real people write books, right? It's not like, it's not, you don't have to be a genius God, you know, like uh, a all knowing person to write a book. The people who write books are just people who are interested in a topic mm-hmm. and want to spend a lot of time with it um, and, and are good at communicating and, and explaining it. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, you asked me like the actual, like mechanism of how I ended up doing um, doing this project, that's part of it, right? Which is, I saw it was something that was doable and it was re- interesting and fulfilling. Um, but I mean, the reason I wrote the like this book was because I saw in my professional life as a marketer and and my other professional life as an educator, uh, and of course in my personal life that so many people, so many clients, so many groups have such a hard time communicating clearly. And so I wanted to ask, why is that? And, and that's the genesis that led to simply put. Was the idea something that's been on the back burner while you were running the agency to kind of come to you, you know, after you sold the agency? Like, what was the timeline there that you were like, this is something I've got to do? Or was it sitting there forever? And I was like, finally, I have the time to do it because I sold the agency. I had, it's a little bit of everything. It's a little bit of everything. Um, I had always i've always wanted to do it i've always you know from a personal um personal uh, goal of mine obviously um i also think that the agency experience of like you have clients and deadlines and scopes of work helps a lot with mm-hmm. with the, the physical act of writing the book which is okay i have to have this part done by this day and i have to get it to this person for approval and i you know and um and so then i have to write a proposal for it. like all those things uh, because if you've you've run an agency or not are not alien to you, um, but also I think that from the subject matter was something that we always were really good at in our agency was the kind of two pieces internally with the you know with the clients and being able to communicate very clearly and kind of not have any jargon, be able to explain all the different things that we're doing. Especially when you look back when we started, it was kind of like the beginning of social media marketing and be able to mm-hmm. explain those type of things. The iPhones knew. So being able to explain those things in layman's terms, our agency was called Digital Natives Group. And so the idea was we would kind of translate it as a digital native to someone yeah. who's a digital immigrant. You know, um, that was that was an important piece of our of our own offering value. But also in the work itself, if we were working on a website for somebody, you know, and I'm sitting there trying to be OK, well, what you know, what do we have to, to say on it? And you're sitting in a meeting with 12 people from all sorts of different departments of this, of this client. And they, and, and they don't know, I mean, they they don't know how to explain what they're doing. They're too close to it a lot of times. And so being able to come in as an outsider and be able to say, okay, what you really want to do is X, right? Like what you really want to say is this. And all of a sudden they go, Oh shit. Like that's, that's actually like, I've been doing this for 30 years and I've never been able to explain it that clearly. Well, it's because you've been doing it for 30 years sometimes that are not able to explain it that clearly. Um, and so, so yeah, so that subject matter of how do you how do you get to that little sparkly magic point where you can explain something clearly? Um, that was definitely something I always wanted to explore more. Interesting. All right, so it was something that's been on your mind. Uh, I've never written a book. I have friends that have uh, a couple of coaches I know have. What for you was it painful? Was it like the most arduous thing? Did you wake up couldn't wait to get pen to paper? Like, what was the process like for you? Uh, I really, I really enjoyed it. I, I, um, 
I have heard lots of things about people who are like, I hate this. This is the worst thing in my life. Uh, yeah. But I, I think this type of book, a business book, um, and, you know, kind of there's a lot of science in this book, a lot of research. Re- the research is tough because mm-hmm. uh, one thing, and I think I wrote a blog post about this. It's the internet is way worse today than it was like five or 10 years ago, where if I wanted to try to find the genesis of some little statistic that I found that I heard somewhere and I have to go, well, I need to make sure this is real. And so I Google it and I look at this website, I look at their sources, I look at the Wikipedia page, I look at what they're referencing. And it takes me, it would take me 90 minutes, two hours to verify one little fact that would become half a sentence. In, wow. in the book. and so that part was the most like strenuous i guess was was making because i i i didn't want to just you know just put stuff out on paper and be like oh it's, it's personal nothing is this in this book is like personal opinion right it's all a lot I, there's like a hundred different science uh scientific references in the book there's uh um you know there's case studies from all over the, the history and, and different industries and stuff so that was really important to me was like the level of if I was going to do it, I was only going to do it in a way that I would be confident about the the ideas and the facts and the statistics and, and references that I was putting down on paper. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so there was a lot of things I had to like cut because I was like, you know what? Turns out this was just like an apocryphal story that somebody had. Um, but the act of writing, I I personally didn't have a hard time with it for for some of the uh, reasons I said before, which was I've you know written proposals on deadline and done all this yeah. other stuff a million times. Um, I also think this is a type of book that's a little bit easier to to write than what some other people I know that have done these. You know, like I look at like the Walter Isaacson books or some of those. Like I was just reading the Ben Franklin one. Mm-hmm. Every that book is you know, a thousand pages, and every single sentence has to have some sort of like you know long arduous research process to back up that one sentence and. Right. You know, Robert Caro, the power broker, Linda, like all those things, those books are really, really hard to write a book where you're saying, okay, here's, you know, here's some stuff that is about this business topic, about marketing topic, about whatever. Um, that information is a lot more accessible in, in different databases and, and, uh, and through, <clears throat> and through different sources than having to like come through an archive somewhere to do. Uh, so, uh, I, that's a long, long, not simple answer. To, uh, I didn't particularly have a hard time with it, but um, I, I understand. I understand that there are harder paths to take to do that. Yeah, no, it sounds like a great topic and something that you're obviously well, well learned about, uh, passionate about, something that you've dedicated your career to. And so, uh, the link to to grab your book will be uh, listed, you know, on this page or, you know, in the show notes or whatever, but, um, you know, it certainly grabs simply put why clear messages win and how to design them. Um, Ben, I want to shift gears real quick, a couple of random rapid fire questions for you. Uh, what's, um, a book or a podcast or something that you're just, you know, binging can't get enough of digital or physical. Oh man. Um, well, my book, obviously, obviously, uh, the, a podcast that just came to mind because I listened to it last year and I um, uh, and it just popped up again, like on my feed was shameless acquisition target. So we just talked mm-hmm. about like buying, you know, a business and those type of things. The I, I forget the host's name, but she 
started, she used to work for all these different podcast networks and she started a podcast with the explicit idea of saying, this is a podcast about making money by having a podcast. And it was going through like the business of podcasting. And the goal was to try to sell the podcast at the end of it. Um, it, it ended about a year ago, but I still think about that show a lot. So I'd recommend anybody listening would find that one interesting. Shameless Acquisition Target. I'll have to check it out. Yeah. Um, what is a new tool, physical, digital, personal, professional that you've recently integrated into your day-to-day -day or into your life that you're like, how did I live without this? whatever. Um, well, personally, I just moved into a new apartment and I've been putting all the stuff up on the wall and I, I bought a laser level, which I highly recommend. And Game changer. Yep. If you want something that's, uh, I see in your background, you have lots of things that are nice and level. Um, and so uh, that was, you know, not going to be applicable to everybody, but that was great. Uh, as a tool that more people in this audience would probably appreciate is I have been so enamored by Webflow over the mm. past few years. I don't know if you, have you had a chance to use Webflow at all? I've seen it in action with some clients. I've not tinkered under the hood at all. Oh yeah. So basically it's this halfway point between like a Squarespace and a Wix and like a WordPress, yeah. you know, custom code website. It is very empowering for designers. My functional background is in design uh, to be able to put up like landing pages and, and, you know, blogs and those type of websites. It's not the best for everybody, but the type of project where we we never used it in our agency it didn't quite mature to the point where it made sense for us um but the type of project where it, we would have been this like medium scope where yeah. we would have you know charged a big a, you know a, a big budget and taken several months to do and gone through all this process you can collapse you can you can knock a couple decimal points off of both of those um uh, both of those attributes time and budget with something like webflow it's great i yeah. love it yeah, I know a lot of shops that are like strictly Webflow shops. They won't touch WordPress anymore and they're they're crushing it. Finally, what's an invaluable piece of business advice that you can share with our listeners? Oh, man. Okay. Uh, my favorite piece of advice, and it's part of its business, part of its, it's mostly personal, uh, is that all advice is autobiographical. So uh, any advice, this is a bit, bit of meta advice. Anytime you hear somebody give you advice, uh, they're giving advice to themselves in the past. And the more you can kind of put that lens on, the better you can make use of other advice by saying, okay, well, how does this, if this applied to them in the past, do I, what similarities are there in my situation to them? Um, and if there's not, you know, say thank you and move on. If there is a lot, then that might be something more applicable. Awesome. Ben, thank you. Appreciate your time. Uh, again, we'll link to the book and uh, hopefully it's uh, definitely of interest to our audience. Uh, the topic sure is. So appreciate you sharing with us. Thanks so much, Steve. This has been great. Thanks again for tuning in to Bite-Sized Agency Briefs. As always, if you found value in this episode, chances are someone else will too, so please share it with your network. Also, if you know someone with expert knowledge on a topic that agency owners would love, drop me a note. Let's get them on. Finally, find someone to hug today.